Amen. Uh, before we before we sit down, I'd like to tell you a story. And the story is a very simple story that happened in somewhere in Canada. A man lost all hope and decided that it was time to die. And so he decided that before he dies, he will make sure he doesn't go to heaven hungry. So with the last money that he had in his pocket, he went to McDonald's and bought a bag of McDonald's. And then he decided that because he didn't want any help, he decided that he would jump from the top of a building. So he took his McDonald's to the top of the building, finished eating the McDonald's, and of course you all know that it's not easy to die. And so when he closed his eyes and he decided that before I die, let me have a last look at life. He noticed that the bag of McDonald's that he had dropped, that somebody picked it and somebody was licking it. And then he decided that, no, I'm better than some people. But then the Bible says, count your what? Blessings. You're going to lift up your voice. You're going to thank God this morning. You're going to say, Lord, I thank you for every single thing. The Bible says, in all things, give thanks. In all things, give thanks. In all things, give thanks. Why don't you lift up your voice? Say, God, I thank you. Give him quality thanksgiving this morning. And say, God, I thank you. I thank you, Father, because I'm here. Uh, why don't you turn to somebody next to you and say, your destiny is secured. Why don't you turn to the person on the other side and say, your destiny is secured. And why don't you turn to yourself now and say, my destiny is secured. My destiny is secure. I will not walk away from it. I will not destroy it. In the name of Jesus. I've come to understand, before we go into the scripture, I've come to understand in life that only two people, and specifically one person, and except in very serious circumstances, only one person can change your destiny. And that person is you. And the challenge with that is that you cannot blame God. You cannot ask God. You cannot query God. Because the Bible says that whatever God has said is able to do. So if God says that the thoughts that I have towards you, that they are thought of good. And the Bible says that God is not a man that he will lie. It means that those thoughts will stand forever. And as far as those thoughts stand forever... Then there's only one thing that God needs from you, and that is your cooperation in order to fulfill that promise. Now, this is a topic that I know that when we share or when we preach, I know it destroys a lot of the things that people have believed. And so by the grace of God, I will try to take it very, very slowly. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, without saying anything, I know people look at you when you preach a message like that. And then they ask themselves, is that true? But when you go through scripture, you will notice in scripture when God says, this is what I'm going to do. The only person that can refuse that thing to be done is the person involved. Amen? Amen. And so the earlier you understand that, the better. God is not going to force a destiny on you. God is going to tell you that this is where I want to take you. God is going to tell you this is the way, walk in it. If you decide to walk outside of the way, that is not God's fault. Now, this morning I will talk to you very briefly on the topic, 
you can realign your destiny. Now, mark my words. I didn't say change. I said you can realign your destiny. And the reason I decided to title it that is because I will give you two examples and then we'll, I will look at one in scripture here. In Judges chapters 13 to 16, the Bible talks about a man called Samson. And the Bible says that Samson was going to be a leader in the land and he was going to begin the process of the deliverance of his people. Mark the word of God. He said it's going to begin. He didn't say it was going to end. He said it will begin the process. Amen? Now, he was given only three things not to do. We all know the three things. When Samson was born, I'm sure the father will have told him, the mother will have told him, these are the three things they are not supposed to do. But for some reason, the Bible says that God created man upright, but that man decided to devise all sorts of evil and ways. Samson broke the first one. He was proud of it. He even gave them a riddle. He said, out of the eater has come something sweet. Samson broke the second one. And God was looking at him. But he had a destiny to fulfill. When Samson was going to break the third one, he had about three to four different opportunities. He said, eventually when you get to my hair, he said, if you lock it, if you make it Rastafaria, uh, no, the hair was already Rastafaria. He said, if you make it in a particular way, he said, I will lose my strength. He was beginning to let go. Eventually, when he gave out that final one, the Bible says that Samson stood up and said, I will go alive before. And then the Bible now records just one sentence. He said, but he did not realize that God had left him. Brethren, may God not leave you. Yeah. And so because of that, something had a big detour from that destiny. Now, for those of you that have been in Africa and some other countries, you will notice. When I was a boy, one of the, one of the worst things I ever wanted my mother to do was to tell me to grind pepper with that mortar and the thing that you use to grind it. Amen? If you have coronavirus, it will go where you are grinding that pepper. Amen? And so, <laughs> praise the Lord. And so, Samson was then told to do that in prison. And life became unbearable for Samson. And Samson lost all hope. Brethren, may you not lose hope. Yeah. You know, I've always said it, that if you lose everything in life, you cannot afford to lose hope. When the man loses hope, life is over. Now, something lost hope. And so something went back to God. And he said, God, I remember I had a destiny to fulfill. He said, yes, I remember that restoration might be difficult. He said, strengthen me this one time. Brethren, if something had asked for total restoration, he would have received total restoration. But something had lost hope. He said, restore me this one time. And the Bible says the total number of people he killed at his death. They were more than all the people. Samson killed everybody that mattered in the camp of the enemy. And Samson fulfilled his destiny by realigning to it. I want you to understand that properly. Samson fulfilled his destiny by doing what? By realigning to it. Samson falls in the category 
and maybe one of these days God will give me the grace. Something falls in the category of people that were suffering in the midst of plenty. When God is with you, suffering is not part of the package. And that brings me to that story in Luke. Everybody talks about the prodigal son. The prodigal son, destiny was written. You will be in your father's house until your father will pass away and then he will pass certain wisdom to you that you will use to build your own business. The prodigal son was in a hurry. The prodigal son wanted things his own way. And so what did he do? He decided that no, 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 no. Either my father is alive or not, I will assume he's dead. I will collect my own package. The Bible says he collected his package and he left. A boy that was not trained in business, a boy that knew nothing about women, a boy that knew nothing about life, he began to spend money. You know, the Bible even tells us, when you have money, everybody is your friend. People came, oh, today we buy this, tomorrow we buy this. After all, the money finished. Then the boy said, did you remember I have a destiny? He said, I will go home and I will tell my father, my father, I have sinned. Let me realign to my destiny. Brethren, today, one of you, some of you will realign to your destiny. First Chronicles chapter 4. First Chronicles chapter 4. There is a story in First Chronicles chapter 4 that is a very unique story. In fact, I know most of you may not know anything about Chronicles, but you know that story. It's the story of a man called Jabez. You hear nothing else about Jabez but the prayer of Jabez. That is the only thing everybody knows. People do not even know where Jabez came from. People do not even know where Jabez was going. People do not know if Jabez had a, a wife, if Jabez had children. All they know is the prayer of Jabez. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, the Bible says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with what? With sorrow. Now, I want you to understand this very well. Whatever you hear long enough, you begin to believe it. And whatever you begin to believe, your expectation becomes part of that. I tell people, you cannot expect more than your belief. If you believe that God is a giver, then your expectation will be solidified on that. Amen? And so when people say, and that, so when I say that, the expectation of the righteous... Now, get this. The expectation of the righteous shall not be what? It means that if you are righteous and you are expecting evil, it will not be cut off. If you are righteous and you are expecting good, it will not be cut off. If you are righteous and you are expecting nothing, then nothing will come. Let's get it straight. So because of that, every day they saw Jabez. They looked at him. They called him his name. He began to believe he was a man of sorrow. He began to believe that the reason why he came into the world was to cause sorrow. He began to believe that his parents could not have been wrong. That yes, this must be his fate. But the Bible says in verse 10, And Jabez did what? He called on the God of Israel. Saying, oh, that thou wilt bless me and enlarge my coast and that thy hand will be with me and that you will keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And what happened? 
Is God a prayer answering God or not? I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Now, Jabez was of the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah, even the name means it is you that your brethren will praise. Now, how can I then come from a tribe where we are supposed to be praised and then I'm the scum of the society? I want you to get it. Jabez's name was an anomaly. Are you getting it? Jabez's name was what? An anomaly. Now, either you like it or not, there are some people here. Thank God for sophistication and what? When I went to school, Nobody look for anything, anything good in your body to call you by. They look for the worst things in your body and they call you by it. Now we have na- a name for it. We call it bullying. In fact, <laughs> if that law was in place when I went to school, maybe I would have been the last one in my class. Or maybe even me, I wouldn't be in the class. Amen? I told my wife the other day, I said, God forgive us. Somebody will look at somebody's son and say, when I look at your head, it looks funny. And so I will begin to call you the head of something. <laughs> and then you wonder, where do this, you know, the Bible says, in the mind of the child, there's foolishness. Amen? Now, how much more then when it is the parent that tells the child that you amount to nothing? When your friends are telling you, if you are not careful, you will believe it. Now, when your father, and I know some of you will understand what I'm talking about. In those days, God forbid, you are bringing water for your father. And the water spills on the ground. Your father will say, God bless you. No, not, not, not in the kind of place I grew up. He will begin to say certain things that you cannot record. <laughs> oh, God. Brethren, if not for the fact that at that time some mothers were praying. Only God knows where some of us will be today. And so Jabez was even worse. The mother that was supposed to be praying for him, the mother that was supposed to be saying good things for him, she was the one that called him sorrow. So in Jabez's case, there was no hope. But then Jabez woke up one day and realized, I am of the tribe of Judah. This is not my portion. This is not my destiny. What can I do? I must realign with the destiny. Brethren, I'm sure there's somebody here today that you say, no, where I am today does not reflect where my destiny is. Today I will be realigned. Today the Lord will realign you. And so when you look at it, we have enough time just to go through some of the slides we have with you. Because you will understand that people realign with their destiny in different ways. Today I will give you just some few ones. People realign with their destiny in very, very different ways. Now, First Chronicles, like we have read, we said you can realign your destiny. Now, brethren, it doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter how much you have wandered away. It doesn't matter. What matters is that that destiny is always there. That destiny is always waiting. 
That destiny is always waiting for you to act. In fact, one of my mentors said, he said, God is more interested in your destiny than you yourself are. He said, and because of that, God has put a stamp upon your destiny. The, co- the question now is, are you going to make it there or not? Left to God, and now let me tell you the truth here. Left to God, once your destiny is stamped, God needs to do nothing else if only you walk in his ways. Are we still together? Good. Now, when you now look at this, I said we know very little of who or what Jabez was in relation to his fellow men of society, but the only thing we know why we are talking about him today is that we know we know who he was in relation to God. He was a man that made God answer his prayers. I'll give you another another quick example. There are so many examples in Scripture. In the book of Exodus, chapter two, the Bible says that one day the children of Israel suddenly gathered themselves together and they woke up. And they said, "Ah, is this what we are born to do? And the Bible says they began to cry. The Bible says, and God heard their cry. And God remembered his covenant and his promise. Meaning that their destiny was set. But they had to discover and be uncomfortable with where they were. Brother, let me tell you the truth. Until you become uncomfortable with where you are, God is not going to do anything. It was at that point, God said, ah, four generations have passed. It is time. A boy must be born. And the boy was born in a miraculous way. His name was Moses. And while they were crying, God was making a way for them. Brethren, as they are crying, God is making a way for you. You will notice that as you go on, we know that from his prayer and some of the things you must have. Now, some of these things, you need to understand it in the the right context. We know that from his prayer alone, we know that number one, Jabez was what? It was what? Brethren, ambition is not necessarily a negative thing if it's within the will of God. If you have an ambition, Jesus himself had an ambition. But the ambition was in line with his destiny and with what God wanted him to do. And with that ambition, he decided, I will choose 12, I will choose 70, I will choose them. So that they can propagate the, 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 the gospel. Brethren, if you don't have ambition, then it is difficult to see beyond where you are. Let me put that in another way. If you want your life to be meaningful, your visions and your dreams must be more than your memories. People that remember things from long ago, we say they have dementia. Because they cannot remember what happened yesterday, they cannot remember what they ate today, but they remember what happened 20 years ago. And so there are some Christians, all they remember are the good old days. 
Brethren, I'm telling you that your best days are ahead of you. Until you, be, until you wake up every day and you say, today is the best day I've lived on the surface of this earth. Then my day shall be good. You will realize that you don't even have strength to go out. It's, um, you, you, you get what I'm saying? What else did he have? He was full. One other thing that people don't realize is this. Hebrews chapter 11, it says, faith now, it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is the foundation that faith rests upon. Brother, if you are not hoping for something, it is difficult to have faith. Jabez got to a point and he realized, my life can be better than this. I'm hoping for something better. I'm hoping for something greater. I'm hoping for something that God has written my name on. If the Bible tells me that, if how, how much more, if God, if you know how to give good things to your children, how much more God? It's actually insulting for me to think that this is the much that God wants me to achieve in life. And the Bible says, Psalm 23, our father. Many of you want your children to be mediocre in life. How much more God? Brethren, you need to wake up. If the level that you find yourself now is the level of mediocrity, it's not the fault of God. You need to discover things. You need to find out things. You need to find out what the word says about you. What else was he? He was humble. Just from his prayer, you can see that. He was very humble. And then what else? He was thoughtful. Brethren, until you begin to think deeply, it becomes difficult to understand a lot of concepts in life. I'll give you just one example. I was talking to somebody, I think it was, I can't remember, maybe it was Saturday or one of these days, I was talking to somebody. And I said, I said, coronavirus is not the problem. I said, the problem is, are the politicians. Coronavirus is like any other virus that has been going around, and it's only killing the people that the normal viruses would normally kill anyway. But, so that, that your money that you put in the stock can disappear. They will say there is a global shutdown, and suddenly your stock has gone from $100 to $25. Did coronavirus eat money? No, ask yourself, did he eat money? Oh, it's happening a lot. Uh -huh. So, at the end of the day, somebody is trying to cheat you out of what belongs to you, but the only way they can do it legally is to blame something else. Brethren, while you are praying that there should be no disaster, some people are thriving on disaster. <laughs> Until you understand that. That's why the Bible says, Think on these things. Am I going to cancel my travel plans because of coronavirus? No. Am I going to change the things that I do because of coronavirus? No. Let me tell you the truth. Coronavirus has always been around. The only difference is that the strain that we have now is different. Are you getting it? It's like somebody saying that the Adenuga name has never been around. The Adenuga name has always been around. The only thing different now is that this Adenuga is a different one. Are you getting it? Yes. So brethren, the Bible says it, that a thousand might fall by your, by your side and what? What did he say next? 
Do you believe that? Yes. Uh, but yet you are fearing coronavirus. <laughs> but then let us learn to think. When you think, you realize what is what belongs to you. Now, we talked about the mother's thinking. The mother was obviously short-sighted. Most of the things that men think about you, it is because they are short-sighted. Because a child was born in sorrow does not mean I have to put stamp that child forever. Thank God for the children that we have. I can, I can be sure a lot of you also had some of your children in sorrow. But you did not stamp a stamp of sorrow upon them. Instead, you gave them names to say that God will do something in their life. That is knowledge. That is because knowledge has come. That whatever you place in front of a child long enough, the child becomes. Are we getting it? So please, learn to speak words that let the children know that their destiny is secured. Now, Jabez's requests were very simple. Jabez wanted the circumstances to change. And the circumstances are the result of the request. Now, these are the things that I want you to listen to very well. Most of us want our circumstances to change, but we don't want to change anything. Now, let me say it again. You want your circumstances to change, but then you don't want to change anything. More often than not, depending on where the source of your problem is, you might have walked out of the will of God and into where you should not. And so you need to retrace your steps in order that your circumstances will change. Are we, are we still together? So when we are talking about asking for circumstances to change, the first place you always need to ask yourself is, what do I need to change? But Jabez went and prayed and he said, number one, I need a prayer of blessing. If only that you will what? Bless me. Number two, he says, I need to prosper too. Third John verse two, he says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, even as your soul prospers. And then the last one, <laughs> he says, I've had sorrow long enough. I want to be free from sorrow. That's an unusual kind of prayer. But it's the prayer of a man that has been in sorrow for so long that knows what it is like to be in sorrow. Brethren, some of you may not, you, you may not have been in sorrow. Some people, you know, when you are in sorrow, at least you can see people that are rejoicing. Right? Let me, let, me, let me explain this. There is a reason that your neighbor is happy all, all the time. It is so that God shows you what you could be like. Let me say it again. There's a reason that your uncle is happy all the time. It is so that you can see that it is possible. Without seeing what is better than what you are having, you don't even know there's something better out there. So God will allow you to see certain things so that you can understand that once you also decide that I want this thing, then you can realign yourself. I'll just give you one example. The Bible says on a particular day that Jesus was walking the way he usually does. And then there was a man sitting by the side. Remember I said we call people by names? 
More than 2,000 years ago, that guy's eyes have been opened. But today, if I ask you, what is his name? He's still the blind Bartimaeus. The guy has been seen for 2,000 years, but he's still the blind Bartimaeus. Now, the guy may not never have seen anything in life. But the guy has been with people that said, did you see that red shirt? Imagine what it was like. The guy had been with people that said, no, that shirt is yellow. It is not white. The guy had longed to be in arguments where somebody says the color is turquoise, another person says blue is green. And the guy cannot contribute because he cannot understand. And so in his mind, he's beginning to think one day I'll be able to see. And so when Jesus walked by, it was an opportunity. And then the man shouted, Jesus, son of David, let me too be able to be like other people. Brethren, some of you are going to pray today. Some of you have seen things in your neighbors. You like it. Some of you have seen things in the members of the church that you come. You like it. But those things are not happening in your life. Not because it cannot happen but because you need to realign yourself to it. I'll go on here. And then he prayed about his relationship. The relationship is the means. He said, I pray for strength. I pray for safety. I pray for purity. All those things are inside the prayer of Jabez. Now, I want you to understand Genesis chapter 28. The prayer of Jabez is very similar to the prayer of Jacob. Jacob prayed his prayer. And he said, if only God will keep me. If only God will take me in the way that I go, that I will not suffer. He said, then the Lord shall be my God. He said, and of everything that I get, I will give him a tenth. Jacob suddenly realized, I have always been the one receiving. My life is worth for it. He said, from now, I want to give. Go back to the story properly. The same Jacob, when he was going to meet Esau, what did he do? He sent forward a lot of, a lot of gifts. Jacob can give something to somebody. <laughs> ah, it is then that you will see that Jacob had understood that the only way I can realign myself to this destiny is to change myself. Brethren, some of us, it may just be by giving. In fact, there are some people that they are chief collectors. In fact, they are like Revenue Canada. They only collect. Brethren, learn to give. You say, I don't have anything. You have. There is nobody, thank God, I know that. There is nobody that doesn't have something to give. Long ago, somebody gave me a gift. It was an embarrassing gift. Because in that time, I used to work in the psychiatric hospital. And of course, you know the way it is in, the, in Africa now. When a psychiatric patient comes and gives you something, it's a problem, right? But then that wasn't even the problem. The problem was that it was Christmas, and I was working. And this woman comes. These are women that when you see them just walking in, you pity them. How poor they are. And then she finished, and I said, Mama, God will bless you. You can go. She put her hand inside her bag. She brought out a, what's it called now? A bunch of, you know those bunch of folded handkerchiefs? Said, doctor, this is for you. Ah, I said, mama, we should be giving you something. She took my prescription. 
He said, you have been taking care of me for the whole year. He said, if I can't give you something, I will tear this your prescription. <laughs> ah. I said, Mama, <laughs> that sickness, that sickness, it will come back. Oh. <laughs> she said, if you don't want the sickness to come back, you collect it for me and then you pray on it. I wasn't even a Christian then. But she understood something. That whatever you have, you give. So don't tell me, oh, I have nothing to give. The more you give, the more you have. Then, the Jabez now prayed. This is one of the most important things. He said that thy hand will be upon me. What does that mean? It means that Jabez understood the hand of God to be the creator. That you are the one that molded me. You can mold me again. Jabez understood him to say that you are the giver. You can give me something. He understood it to say, you can correct me. You can chasten me. You are my mentor. You are the ruler. You are my helper. He understood it to mean that you are the only one that can exalt a man of sorrow to a man of joy and happiness. He understood it to mean that as far as, um, as, far as your hand is upon me, I have security. He understood it to mean that as far as I'm hidden in your palms, there is no evil that can come close to me. I am safe. He understood it to mean that when God is carrying you, it doesn't matter whether you have strength or not, then it becomes your strength. He understood it to mean that when God, when you are in the hands of God, you are free from all evil. Jabez understood that. And so, because sometimes I ask myself, why didn't Jabez say that the Lord will pronounce the blessing? He said, only that your hand will be upon me. Brethren, if the hand of the Lord will be upon you, remember the story. The Bible says that when Elijah began to run, what was upon him? The hand of the Lord. And the man could run faster than the horse. Brethren, if only the hand of the Lord can be upon you, your problems are solved. And then he goes further. The most important thing about his prayer is not that he prayed. Anybody can pray. The most important thing is that what? God can read his request. He realized that his present circumstance is not a reflection of who God expected him to be. There's a spelling error there. Brethren, until you realize, until you say, I'm tired of this level, until you say, this is not the best that I can be, until you say, no, I am breaking out, until you say, God, why is it taking so long? Until you become uncomfortable with where you are, the heavenly host will not arise on your behalf. In fact, heaven will not invest in something that you have not invested in yourself. But the good thing about it is that the minute you say, God, I want to realign, then heaven listens. I say, the boy is coming back home. The girl is coming back home. Finally, we can begin to walk together. Praise the Lord. And then lastly, a humble or even hopeless beginning can always turn about the best of endings. Because your beginning was small, does not mean that your beginning has to be small forever. Because your beginning was turbulent, does not mean that your end must be turbulent forever. Because men called you the name by which they want, does not mean that that is the name that God is calling you. Brethren, you are the one that will arise and say, no, I have walked away from my destiny. I have forgotten what God said about me. But today, I want to realign with my destiny. Brethren, 
when our destiny is not accomplished, I repeat it, it has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with you. It has everything to do with me. It has everything to do with the fact that I need to know what I need to know in order to align with what God is saying. I need to know what I need to know in order to understand where God is taking me. I need to know. And when I know those things, then it becomes easy. Everything is difficult until you know the secret. The day you know the secret of anything in life, you begin to wonder how come I have failed so many times in the past. Brethren, when I learned to Bicycle, I asked myself after some years, how come I fell so many times on that bicycle? Because now I know the secrets of riding the bicycle. Amen? Now, this morning, maybe you are here. Because we are going to pray now. And these are not just prayers that you pray conveniently. If there's any time you have ever prayed a violent prayer in your life, it is a prayer to restore your destiny. It's a prayer to realign with your destiny. It is a prayer to say, God... I know there's a path. The Bible says that the path of the righteous. Now, the path of the righteous. The righteous are those that are in right standing with God, that are in right standing with his plans, that are in right standing with their destiny. The path of the righteous shineth brighter and brighter unto what? It means that the light you even saw yesterday. It's not bright enough for tomorrow. He says it shines brighter and brighter. I don't know about you. Every time I read my Bible, I'm looking for a new revelation. Because the revelation of yesterday is not good enough for tomorrow. It's not even good enough for today. You don't read your Bible as if you are just reading just to fulfill all righteousness. You read your Bible asking God, what will you have me see today that will help me to move forward? Why don't you stand on your feet? I don't want to stand on your feet. Brethren, this morning I'm not going to ask anybody to come forward. But if you are here and you know that your destiny right now, if you are to die, you will know that you have failed God. I want you to go on your knees and begin to talk to him. You want to begin to talk to him because he is the one. The Bible says, but he is, and he is the rewarder of death that diligently seek him. You don't need to come forward. Just go on your knees wherever you are. And say, God, I have walked away from my destiny for so long. I am coming back home today in the name of Jesus. Begin to talk to God. I have walked away. Lord, I am realigning myself. Lord, I am coming back. I am coming back. I am coming back in the name of Jesus. If you are here, just go on your knees and begin to talk to him. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God Almighty. Everything that you have said about me. Lord, I begin to claim them. In the name of Jesus. Oh, talk to him this morning, brethren. Talk to him this morning. Talk to him. Because God Almighty, our theme is that God is here. God is with us. God, the hand of the Lord is forever with us. Brethren, talk to him this morning. If you are not yet kneeling, but you want to kneel, you can still kneel. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I know. I know. I know. The Bible says that the time of ignorance that God overlooked. Brethren, you have been enlightened. Brethren, you know that today... You cannot leave a legacy that will speak of what God has done. 
You want to talk to him this morning? You want to go on your knees and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I need to realign myself with the plant of heaven. I need to realign myself with the destiny that you have written concerning me. The Bible says that you taught towards me that thoughts of good and not of evil. Brethren, lift up your voices and pray. Those of you that are standing close to them, why don't you begin to pray and intercede for them? That the Lord God Almighty will answer their cries. As many as have walked away, that the Lord God Almighty will restore them. Brethren, I want you to lift up your voice and pray for them this morning. And say, Father, every destiny that has been truncated, every destiny that has been suspended, every destiny that has been suspended by illness, every destiny that has been suspended by affliction, every destiny that has been suspended by short-sightedness, Father, we restore today in the name of Jesus. Brethren, lift up your voice and pray with them. And say, God, let none live here the same. Let none live here with the, 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 today with their destiny still hanging. In the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you, O oh God. Father, we thank you. Glory be to your name, my Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Bible says that the children of Israel cried unto God. Brethren, you only cry when your circumstance is painful. When the child begins to cry, it means that something is not right. The child is not crying because the child is happy. You want to lift up your voice. You want to cry to the Almighty this morning. And say, Father, I have suffered enough. The Bible says that the King of glory, when you have suffered a while, that it will settle you. That it will settle you. Why don't you begin to pray? And say, Father, settle me today, O God. 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 Father, settle me. Settle me today, O God, in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to pray, brethren, that the Lord will settle you. That the Lord will settle you. That the Lord will settle you. In the name of Jesus Christ, brethren, lift up your voice and pray. Pray that the Lord will say to you, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you, oh God. Father, we give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. The most important part of Jabez's prayer is that God, oh, if only your hand will be upon me. Brethren, I want you to lift up your voice and begin to pray right now. And say, Father, let your hand be upon me that I will not make mistakes. Let your hand be upon me to correct me. Let your hand be upon me to chasten me. Let your hand be upon me to carry me. Let your hand be upon me to strengthen me. Let your hand be upon me to give me the things that I need. Let your hand be upon me to assist me. Let your hand be upon me to quicken me. Let your hand be upon me to hasten my development. Let your hand be upon me to hasten my speed. Let them begin to pray. Whatever the hand of the Lord can do, I want you to begin to pray for it right now. And say, God, let let your hand be upon me for all of these things. In the name of Jesus, let your hand be upon me. Let your hand be upon me, O oh God. Let your hand be upon me. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we bless you, O oh God. Father, we give you glory. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brethren, I know that the reason why some people are not doing what they should do is because they have become lawful captives to be particular habits. The Bible says that even the lawful captives shall be delivered. Brethren, there are habits that personally we have gotten into and we are enjoying it and we are not understanding that those habits are actually affecting us. 
I want you to lift up your voice right now. The Bible says even the lawful captive that be delivered. Eh? Everything that has held me captive. Everything that has held my thinking captive. Everything that has held my destiny captive. I want you to begin to talk to them right now. And say, Father, I'm breaking forth in the name of Jesus. I'm breaking away. I'm breaking away. I am breaking away. I am breaking away. Oh, I am escaped from the snare of the Father. I am escaped in the name of Jesus. Every habit, every habit... Brethren, begin to talk to him right now. Every habit, every habit, everything in my life, everything, oh God, that has become a snare, everything, oh God, that I've willingly given myself into. Father, today I pray, oh God, I will be delivered of them in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless your name, oh God. Father, we give you glory. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Brethren, I've often said it, that when a child goes out and is not a proper representation of the father, it brings shame to the father. Brethren, you're going to pray now and say, Father, every way that I brought shame to the kingdom, because I have not done what I should do, because I have not aligned where I should align, I want you to begin to pray for mercy and say, Father, have mercy upon me, O God. Every way, every area, men have seen you in your working place, but they can't see any glory of God upon your life. People have seen you in your extended family, but they cannot see any glory of God upon your life. You want to lift up your voice and say, Father, have mercy. The prodigal son said, I will go back to my father. I will say, Father, I have sinned against you. I have sinned against heaven. Brethren, pray and say, God, every sin I have committed that has taken me away from my destiny. Lord, I pray for mercy today, O God. In the name of Jesus, Father, we bless you, O God. Father, we give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Those of you that are kneeling down, I want you to stand on your feet. You're going to take about one minute, you're going to pray. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus, this is what I want you to do for me. This is what I want you to do. Begin to talk to him right now. In the name of Jesus, begin to tell him right now. Ah, God, I need, I will fulfill my destiny. I will not die the death of sinners. I will not die the death of failures. I will fulfill my destiny. In my place of work, I will fulfill my destiny. In my marriage, I will fulfill my destiny. In my family, I will fulfill my destiny. In my, in my ministry, I will fulfill my destiny. In the name of Jesus, begin to tell him right now. You have about 20, 40 more seconds to go and say, Father, I will fulfill my destiny. 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 I will fulfill. I will fulfill. I will realign to the plan of God. I will realign to the voice of heaven. I will realign in the name of Jesus. Brother, you have 20 seconds more. Begin to talk to him right now and say, God, I will realign. I will realign. In the name of Jesus, I will realign. I will realign in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God Almighty, I pray today, oh God, every way that I walk contrary to your plan, Father, I will realign today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Glory be to your name, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Why don't you hold one another as we pray? The Bible says that where two or three are gathered in my name, when they shall agree concerning the thing that shall be agreed of my Father in heaven. And so, Father, we stand in awe of you today. Lord, we bless you because you are faithful. Thank you, Father, because you are the Almighty.
Thank you, Father, for your testimony. Your testimony says that God is not a man that will lie. Father, we thank you, O oh God, because you have never lied to us before. Thank you, everlasting Father, because whatever you say, it comes to pass. Father, we give you all the glory. Thank you, Father, for all the destinies of men written here. Thank you, Father, for the destinies of women written here. Thank you, Father, for the destinies of marriages written here. Thank you, God, for the destinies of families written here. Father, glory be to your holy name. Lord God Almighty, as many as their realities are far from their destiny, Lord, we pray for a shortening of the gap. Lord, we pray for, for a realignment in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, oh God, every one of us that has become a disappointment in the kingdom, Father, we pray today, let that word be changed concerning us. In the name of Jesus Christ, everyone that is thinking of themselves as failure in the kingdom, Father, from today, our name will be changed from failure to success. In the name of Jesus Christ, everyone that is beginning to give up, to say they cannot go beyond where they are right now, everyone that is beginning to think that they cannot do more than what they can do, what they are doing now, Father, I pray for revelation in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for revelation in the name of Jesus. God Almighty, I pray. Everyone that is being robbed of our destiny because of an affliction. Everyone that is being robbed of our destiny because of sin. Everyone that is being robbed of their destiny because, because of sickness. Everyone that is being robbed of their destiny because of short-sightedness. Everything that is a robber, Lord, we take authority over them. Lord, we rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Everything that we have submitted ourselves to, Father, we break ourselves from the chain. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we go, we go as free men. Lord, as we go, we go as free women. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that from today, let there be testimonies. Let there be testimonies of destinies. Let there be testimonies of realization. In the name of Jesus. My Father, my God, as many, oh God, as need visitation. Lord, let heaven visit them. Lord, let heaven visit them. I say, let heaven visit them. In the name of Jesus. Lord God Almighty, I pray, oh God, that on the last day, that Father, that none of us be found wanting. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you count us faithful. I pray, Father, that you count us faithful. I pray again, Lord, that you count us faithful. In the name of Jesus. As many as are dependent upon our gifts, Father, give us the grace to serve our gifts to the world. In the name of Jesus. As many as are dependent on our benevolence, Father, give us the grace to be givers. In the name of Jesus, as many as are dependent on your testimonies, I declare that your testimony will not fail. I declare that your testimony will not tarry. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we appreciate you. Lord, we bless you, O oh God. We stand today as witnesses to declare that destinies have been changed. To declare today that lives have been turned around. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's share the grace in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God.